The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Just regarding our last conversation about uh, pedestrians and vehicles sharing the road and this Vision Zero uh, plan, a couple texts coming in. Paul XWG uh, says, hey, Afternoon News crew, education, engineering, common sense, and the circle of life. Happy Friday. <laughs> and this one, it all goes back to what we all learned at five years old. Look both ways before stepping on the road. The car will kill you. Lots of texts coming in this afternoon. Brad and I will get to them after we have uh, this conversation. We'll circle back around and I thought this was pretty cool. Uh, Atco is showing off um, the first of some tiny homes the company is building to help military veterans struggling with homelessness. It's a partnership with the Homes of Four Heroes Foundation. The first Home for Heroes Village will open this spring in Calgary. But plans are underway for a similar village right here in Edmonton. The president of the foundation, Dave Howard, joins us this afternoon. Hey, Dave. Hey, thanks for having me on. Well, thanks for joining us. So first off, before we get to a little bit of the details about what's happening in Calgary and kind of the plans for Edmonton, um, let's start with the foundation. Um, How did it begin? Uh, what, What need was seen that you said, okay, we need to do this? Um, I'm business partners with uh, Murray McCann, and Murray is the visionary behind the uh, Field of Crosses, which is in Calgary annually from November 1st to 11th. And uh, he approached me with this idea of, uh, of looking for a solution for uh, homelessness uh, amongst our veteran population and working with tiny homes. And so I partnered with him, and we together we developed the Homes for Heroes Foundation, and here we are today. So how big of a need is there out there, David, especially when it comes to the number of vets that are in need of these sort of homes? Well, it's quite large. It's unfortunate. But, uh, you know, Veterans Affairs has made note in recent publications of about 2,600 homeless vets in Canada. We think that that number is noted as very low. And the reason being is, you know, veterans don't self-identify. So they're doing this headcount in shelters. And veterans aren't standing up and being accounted for saying they're vets. Mm-hmm. And the other piece, you've got a lot of vets that are couch surfing. So, you know, when we talk to a lot of veterans and see what's happening out on the streets, we think the numbers are more in the range of 5,000 to 7,000. 5,000 to 7,000 across the country. So when you break those yeah. numbers down a little bit more, David, what are we looking at in, in Alberta, maybe Calgary, Edmonton? Can you Can you crunch the numbers down that far? Yeah, we can. I think we're in um, Calgary looking at 160 and Edmonton just over uh, 200. Wow. It's unfortunate. And the problem that we're having is that, uh, you know, our vets are, are leaving the military and having a dif- difficult time transitioning. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of these vets are suffering with post-traumatic stress. And it's it's becoming a bigger and bigger problem. You've seen suicide rates among our, our veterans uh, climb. And, um we need to end this trend, and we need to, and that's what the whole idea of this is not just housing, it's a full program. Yeah, the transition part from um, full service out into civilian life is something that is getting more and more attention paid to it. Certainly, I know, you know, the Edmonton Garrison Military Family Resource Centre having some transition programs. Group, by the way. Yeah, they, they do great work up there. So, you know, we're starting to see more transitional 
programs uh, there because it's like one day it's you you have this you have this brotherhood sisterhood this this structure you know what you're doing and the next day hey what's up and then you talk about uh, post-traumatic stress or OSIs and uh, that adds a, a, another challenge so um, I love this idea we talked about this the other day and I was telling you how much I love this idea now you couldn't do it though without the partnership with ATCO tell us about that yeah, ACO has been, uh, you know, is a great partner, and we've had ACO's come on side at uh, 1.5 million. So that's really getting us a head start in the game here. But uh, the cost of each village is roughly two and a half million dollars, and so 500,000 of that goes into a trust. So roughly two million dollars to build a project. What we're doing is we're leaning on the municipalities to get us the land. We're saying, look, we're going to come into your community. We're going to build these villages that have full resource center, full-time counselors, um, get the vets, uh, the support they need. Um, but we're looking to you to donate the land. So, yes, ADCO is a tremendous partner, and we're thrilled to have them. So that has worked in Calgary, the land portion, everything is underway in Calgary? It is, yeah. We're, uh, we just have a, a fun hurdle, I guess, is the land redesignation approval from the city. But the city of Calgary put a number of uh, lots up for um, bid to go to homeless organization, and we were awarded this a long time ago, so okay. we don't perceive an issue there. What about in Edmonton? Well, Edmonton, um, we've been working with Edmonton for, uh, with PPCLI, uh, Malcolm Bruce in Edmonton, and and the city of Edmonton for a time now, but we're really getting some great traction. We look like that we have a, a couple of pieces of land there, so we're confident that we're going to be able to get a deal done by the end of the year, and hopefully by the middle of uh, next year, really get into the planning and, and building process. Tell us about the homes. What do they look like? Yeah, you know, the homes are beautiful. They're they're 260 square feet. I encourage people to go on our site. You can take a look at them, but um, look, when we talked to our vets about this, again, they came to us and said, look, we need having a roof overhead is important. Having it too big was an issue. Um, apartments and coming up the street and going into apartment 700 square feet, overwhelming. Yeah. And, they, and they're saying they would hoard and they'd start to hoard, which means they would shut themselves in. So you're not fixing the issue here. So the homes themselves have a, you know, have a, a queen size bed, a couch, and the, the bed itself is actually the Murphy bed that pulls on top of the couch. Mm-hmm. And then there's a breakfast bar, which also serves as a, a work area, and then a kitchen and a bathroom, closet space. And then up in the resource center, there's a main uh, community space. There's an office for the counselor, and then there's washer-dry area. And then there's a important, this is a family suite, so veterans can bring their families. They can be part of that healing process. And then there's accessible units as well. So, David, how does one go about getting on the list to live in one of these? And if they are on the list and they are accepted, down the road eventually there's obviously a cost associated. So what would the rent look like and any sort of uh, additional costs with those units? So, uh, good question. Thank you. The, the um, mustard seed in Calgary will be running, well, mustard seed in Edmonton as well, and Alberta, throughout Alberta. They're running our social service program. So they'll be having hiring the council, running all the social services for for events. The cost is roughly $500 a month as rent. And so um, that goes, the mustard seed will help the veterans get subsidies for those uh, those rents if they need be. Um, and then those rents cover not only the, the rent, but all the social services and so forth. 
and people that our vets are are working through the mustard seed in their locations to uh, to get on the list and apply and there's a needs analysis that's done and we want to make sure we're able to help them and they understand what issues that they have and Mm -hmm. if there is any alcohol or drug issues prior to moving in any home they would go into a facility a dry out facility then to a home into the home but Hmm. important to this is to know that they actually have a home to go to when they've completed those that any of those uh, programs i was just thinking when you talk about that 500 dollars for rent that might be a lot for some of these folks it it might be but the idea is that we do have subsidies through veterans affairs that can cover those costs so there is programs set aside to help cover all those costs and then some so Again, our, our counselors are going to be working with the vets to make sure that they get those dollars and that support that they need. Why is it so important um, to, to have this set up as, a, as almost a little village, Dave? You know, again, it was the feedback given to us by our veterans. They're saying, you know, we would like to be in this, this idea of being back to a barrack-style format and having a community of peers and going back to the original idea of Within the militaries, I've got your six. Mm-hmm. I've got your back. They may not, you know, particularly be best friends with their next door neighbor, mm-hmm. but uh, you can be sure that they've got their back. They're going to look out for each other, and that's the goal here: is to work together. This peer-to-peer programming to to help, uh, you know, about oneself and help better themselves. Hmm. Okay. David, is there a certain amount of time that? these veterans can can live there is there a capacity is it six months do you need to sign a lease is there anything associated with that no the, the time is again back to what the vets have said to us so what we we've taken out of it was that traditionally what they we believe that the healing process is going to be a couple of years and so vets came to us and said look we don't want to be there full time um we would like to be actually move out and move to a more permanent uh full-time home but we want to be there for the time that we need the support to recover, to get our lives back in order, and then move out and um, make room for the next veteran, and, and they become a mentor for that. So uh-huh. we anticipate it's a two- to three-year program. Okay. Um, veterans Affairs chipping in any cash, Dave? Not yet. <laughs> are you hopeful or are you optimistic? Uh, I'm hopeful uh, that they do come aside. I think that uh, we've had incredible support from the community. Mm-hmm. The issue, you know, what's interesting is the issue of uh, of veterans uh, and and some support that they have is a lot of the cities and provinces believe it's a federal issue, and the federal government mm-hmm. says, well, yeah, it is, but it's kind of overwhelming for us right now. So it's this ping pong match, and so what happens is nothing happens. Mm. So unless we get private enterprise like ourselves, mm-hmm. we've created this, we're entrepreneurs, we're creating this program. We have, I mean, look, I have a full-time job that I, yeah. I, I work at, and uh, as does Murray, and we all, we're putting shipping forward to get this done. And I think that if you take private business and, and, and individual citizens together, I think we can do uh, incredible things. Before we let you go, um, when you're looking at the Edmonton uh, model and about when it might be a reality, do we, are, you, are you willing to put a date on that yet? I'm not. I, I'm confident that we could get going. In, look, there's two things. One is I think we can get land uh, approval and, and uh, assigned to us hopefully by the end of this year. And then you have to go through the process in regards to getting your land redesignation 
and making sure you get your building permits and so forth. So I think that uh, is, a, is a process. So I'm thinking that uh, by the summertime, maybe into the fall, that we could uh, actually have that planned out. But the goal here is to build a village in Edmonton that has uh, between 20 to 26 homes. Wonderful. Okay, so villages. We're going to do this again too. (laughs) Good. Um, Mm -hmm. The the website is homesforheroesfoundation.ca. You can check out the homes, read more about it, donate if you feel as well. You know what, David? Thanks for joining us, and please keep us updated on uh, on the move into Edmonton and and uh, when that may happen. Okay. I certainly will, and and look, uh, I appreciate it. As we go into this time of remembrance. uh, you know, I encourage everybody that uh, if you see a, a soldier in uniform, if you know a veteran, it, it really goes a long way to thank them for their service. So I encourage everyone to do that. And Edmonton is such such a great community for, for our supporting our military. Sure is, Dave. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great weekend. You too. Thank Take you. Care. Bye-bye. Uh, thanks, Dave uh, Howard, for telling us uh, a little bit more about the uh, the Homes for Heroes Foundation. And yeah, like he said, he's hoping to have the land approval done by the end of this year. And maybe next year we can see that work being done in Edmonton, this little tiny home village for homeless veterans. And we know we we, we know in this city about, the, you know, there's a homeless issue, um, I think some people might have been rather shocked when you heard possibly 200 to 300 homeless veterans in this city. Yeah, and I think it's so great, this initiative that they're they're mm-hmm. providing and how they, they all get to be together as well. And they've yeah. thought of so many things. The size of the home. Mm-hmm. David touched on that over and over mm-hmm. again, that they want to be in a smaller confined yep. space. It just works better for them. So they've thought yep. of that. They've thought about not just building individual places, but this village. The rent is could not be affordable for everyone but there are grants in place for those that can't afford it they have grabbed every little possible nook and cranny and said these could be issues but we'll take care of them. The services, the mental health aspect, the transition aspect, the working aspect as well. So uh, just before we head up to the 3 o'clock news, more comments coming in on that conversation that we're having. Um, I think I'd need all the rest of the afternoon to get through them all, but we were talking about um, this uh, Vision Zero um, plan, strategy. It's been underway since uh, 2015 now. Um, It was uh, talked about again yesterday at a conference, especially now that uh, cannabis has been legalized and that just gets you going Chedville and some of your texts and it is as far as I'm concerned and I've said this it's it's a duty of both a driver a cyclist a pedestrian to be aware of what's around you at all times but I know I think it's fair to say that you know drivers often feel that the pedestrians aren't paying attention the pedestrians feel it's the drivers that aren't paying attention so somewhere along the line we have to work something out and some of your texts coming in says I'm a professional driver for the city jay all i see are people on their phones or waiting for the walk signal or both very few even acknowledge the traffic jared says jay when you take kids to visit the nurses during their vaccinations they actually make a point of talking to the kids at a preschool age about crossing road safety they tell the four-year-old that they must make eye contact with the driver before they cross the road awesome that we're telling our kids this but who is educating the driver 
rivers. People need to slow down and pay more attention in the residential neighborhoods. Unfortunately, it sometimes takes tragedy for people to pay attention. And we've seen that happen often. Uh, well, way too many times, haven't we, Brad? Absolutely. It's, uh, it's a chronic problem. And uh, this Vision Zero initiative is helping. How far, if we ever get to zero, I'm not sure. Three o'clock news coming up on the other side. What are we doing on the other side at three o'clock? Oh, we're Minister going to talk of, about uh, the chat. Yeah. Yeah. Keeping with vehicles in a way, new rules on car repairs and purchases. We have an interview with Brian Malkinson, Minister of Service, Alberta. Yeah. How's this going to affect you? You'll find out. Stick around. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.